do you know that phrase, everything has its place? Have you ever heard yourself saying that? Especially with organization. I've been looking at a lot of organization blogs this week, trying to make room in my life for this new child that's going to be living with us. And I, I want to clean out and I want to get organized. And as I take down my Christmas decorations, I want everything to have its place. We're really focused as a society on things having their place. For some of us, that happened a couple of weeks ago when we were at Christmas and everybody has their place at the table. Some of you may be fancy and you have place cards and, and, and know where you sit based on that. Some of you, if you're like me, have been sitting in the same place since you were a child. And if anyone dares to sit there, whether they be a, um, a a new person coming in or a boyfriend or fiance or husband that comes in. You should ask my husband about that sometime. The first time he came to my parents' house, he sat in the wrong place. It was my place. I've been sitting there longer. This is, this is my designated place. Now, for some of you, we are really interested in our place when we start talking about rankings, specifically college football rankings. We were very focused on that a couple of weeks ago, right? Because it meant something to then how the playoffs and the bowl games would go. And I am praying for you UT Austin people because, man, it was a good game. I, I really wanted them in the final two. And then today, if you're an NFL person, there's a specific game going on here in just a little while that has some importance to do with rankings for the playoffs. It's the Cowboys. The Cowboys are playing at noon. Watch the game. It's going to be important. Um, so we know about place. We're fixated on place. We talk about place when we talk about titles. We all have titles at work that help us to understand our place. Not in a negative way or a demeaning way, but to help us understand what is ours to do. Now, if you go to court and you see a judge, you address the judge as... Your Honor, should I be impressed that more of you didn't answer that? Like that you haven't been in court recently? <laughs> okay, and if it was a duke or a duchess, you would call them your, your grace. I've been watching the Gilded Age, test me. Okay, now if it's a prince or princess, you would call them your majesty. I heard that a second ago. We have a lot of understanding and titles around our place. And today in our scripture, today on Epiphany Sunday, what Epiphany Sunday is talking to us about is place. Jesus' rightful place. The rightful title for Jesus. The rightful place where Jesus resides. We have two scriptures today that are talking about Jesus' place. One of them is the very end of the story at the manger and where we see the wise men who come and to greet the baby Jesus. And then the other that I want to read for you today is only found in the Gospel of Luke. Now, we have been in the Gospel of Luke since Christmas Eve. 
And maybe even before that night, talking about the manger and the shepherds. And then last week we talked about when Jesus goes to the temple to be circumcised and we meet up with the prophet Anna and Simeon. And we are finally going to wrap up chapter two of Luke today by looking at this story that only Luke's gospel tells about Jesus going to the temple when he was 12 years old. So I want to read those two for you today, but I want you to be thinking about that word epiphany. Because what we do in epiphany, what realization that we have in epiphany and what happens with the wise men and with what happens with Jesus and his parents is that this realization calls us to response. There is an aha or a eureka moment about who Jesus is. That Jesus may not just be a cute baby, that Jesus may not just be a king in the metaphorical sense or a prophet like maybe we had understood some of the other Israelite people to be, but that Jesus was specifically something very, very important. And that this realization would change not only the lives of those who saw Jesus and witnessed to Jesus and Jesus's life, but it would change the world. It would change our understanding of who we are because of who God is. So let's read these two scriptures today. The first one coming from Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 8 today. So what we're, where we're picking up with in the scene with the wise men is the wise men have seen the star. And so they go and they tell the king that they have seen the star, King Herod. And King Herod says, well, then I think you should follow this star. Because this star is supposed to signify a child who has been born who is king of the Jews. So in verse 8, it says, Then he, being King Herod, sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then this story of Jesus in the temple we read in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41. It says, now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of, Pasto, of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was going, that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? I would be so mad. Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety, he said, and he said to them, 
Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Oh, I'd still be so mad. But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, wisdom and years and in divine and human favor. We get an epiphany here. In both of these stories, there is this great epiphany. For the wise men, they go in search of this child by following the star. And what does it say that they do when they see the child? They kneel down and pay him homage or they give their gifts. They begin to praise the child. You see, they have this realization that Jesus, that Jesus was not just any baby, but that Jesus was not just even human, that Jesus was God. And so they kneel down and pay him homage, give him praise, as you would to a God that you worship. Now think about this for a second, because the wise men are not the Israelite people. They are not the people of God. They come from a distant land, a foreign land. They probably looked very different and odd to most people as they came into Bethlehem. And as they began to look for Jesus, they stood out. They were not people known for worshiping the God that the Israelites worshiped. But when they had the realization, the epiphany of who Jesus is, they knelt down and they worshiped him. In the story of Jesus in the temple, they go to Jerusalem for the Passover, a very customary thing to do, to travel so that they could be part of the Passover celebration. And when it's over, the family moves on and they, and they travel in these large groups with the men in the front and the women in the back and so that everyone stays together. But there's one missing, it's Jesus. And they can't find him. And by the time they do find him, he says something a little bit snarky to his parents. Where else would I be? Shouldn't you know that I would be in the house of my father? This is the first time in Luke's gospel that not only is Jesus professed as the son of God, but the first time that Jesus identifies himself as the son of God. Jesus identifies himself as the one who has come the one who is God, the one who is worshiping his father in the temple. I don't think it is a coincidence in Luke's gospel that this whole, whole thing happens while Jesus is in the temple. He's in the temple worshiping. He didn't stay behind to go shopping. He didn't stay behind to even go isolate himself in the wilderness. He stayed behind in the temple. And it's in this place of worship that he identifies for the first time who he is. And in verse 52, it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. And in divine and human favor. The epiphany 
for Mary and Joseph, even though they already knew. The identity for Jesus, this realization that Jesus is the Son of God. We celebrate this epiphany on Epiphany Sunday because this is a core identifying foundational piece of our faith. That Jesus was not just a good guy and was not a prophet, that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you've heard that many times before, I bet. And it may still be confusing to understand the Trinity and this three-in-one business. But what we hear here in the scriptures and what it means for our faith is that if Jesus is God, then the things that Jesus decides to do in his teaching and his ministry and even in his death and his resurrection say something about who God is. And what we see in both of these scriptures is that an epiphany calls us to a response but not just any kind of response. When we have this kind of realization in our faith, the response that we are called to is worship. We are called to worship, to praise God for who God is, to kneel down and pay homage, to give gifts. Today on this Epiphany Sunday, we're talking about worship. Our response to who Jesus is and how this knowledge shapes our lives. How would you define worship? Is worship just something that we come and we do? Or is it maybe a little bit more than that? Maybe it's a place, a physical place, that tells us about Jesus' place and our place because of who Jesus is. I want to share with you this morning just a couple of things about what I think worship is. Worship is first turning observation into participation. When we begin to deepen our faith life, when we begin to come to worship more regularly, what we find is that we go from being an observer to a participant. We differentiate it from a concert or from a lecture because we come to worship to participate, to be part of what is going on. In worship, we do what is called congregating. It's where the word congregation comes from, that we refer to as the people of God or the church, the people of the church. We congregate, we come together. Worship is about coming together because the spirit of God is one of unity. We don't worship in isolation. You see that in both stories today. The wise men do not go and worship Jesus on their own. They worship Jesus with the parents and with the entire scene of people that is around them. And then you see with Jesus, he goes into the temple and he is learning and teaching from the scribes and the teachers. He is not alone. He congregates with the community of faith around him, with the people of God around him. Today, maybe part of our epiphany is moving a little further on that journey from observation to participation, to being a participant in worship, to seeing that our tangible acts mean something important to us. How do we do that? You've already done it today. 
You've already had a call to worship and a call and response. You're doing it right now and listening to the scriptures. We do it when we sing together. I don't think that there's any more beautiful gift in worship than singing with one another. And one of the reasons for that is because there have been Sundays and there have been other moments in my life when I have come into worship and I have not had the strength or the hope in me to sing for myself. But when I come to worship, I hear the voices of the saints and the people around me. And that congregating, that unifying of song and of, of people singing together gives me a strength that I would not have on my own. We come to worship not only to find strength and be strengthened, but to give those around us strength as well. It's about all of us together. Second, I think worship brings us to the present moment. The most important moment that God gives us is the one that is right in front of us. In worship, there is no better moment than now. There are so many times where we are either caught in the past or struggling with the future or having anxiety or fretting about the future. But in worship, what we do is we come and we stop and we focus just on right here and now in the moment that God has given us right now. I find that we notice more of what God is doing when we stop and we choose to be in the present. In this story, when they're looking for a star and when they're looking for Jesus, have you ever been looking for something and not been able to find it? Parents, have you ever asked your child to go looking for something that hasn't been found and they can't find it? I have some of those in my house too. And what I find is that the more frustrated I get by not being able to find it, and the more I begin to think about the future and what I'm missing and how late I am, the more frustrated I get and the less likely I am to find the thing I'm looking for. Today, even though Jesus is snarky in the text, he makes a good point. Where else would I be? If you had stopped for a minute in your three days of looking for me and thought, where would Jesus be? You probably would have found me a little quicker. It's when we stop and when we get in tune with the present moment that we hear God's voice more clearly in our lives and worship is the place that we are able to do that. Finally, when we worship, we bring together all things. Incorporation. We bring all of the things in our lives together. You've heard the word corporate or the word corporate worship, which means a worship that we do together. And when we incorporate, we are bringing all the things together. There's a beautiful liturgy that we say when we baptize someone in the church or when we baptize specifically an infant. And here's what it says. It says, we are incorporated through baptism. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. Through baptism, which is an act of worship, we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. We're a part of it. 
when we come and we worship, we recognize that we are a part and we get to be a part of what God is doing in our lives and in the world. We bring all things together. That last line of verse 52 that I read just a few minutes ago that says, and Jesus continued to increase in wisdom and in years. Jesus incorporates both a place and his place into his growth of who he is. In incorporation, what we do is that we take unity, we take the understanding of who we are in that place, and we bring it into who God is, and we bring all things together. And what we find is maybe what Jesus found was that we grow in wisdom. When we bring all things together, that is where wisdom begins to grow in our lives. Today, we are bringing all things together by coming to the table of communion. You've heard me say before in the liturgy and in the scripture when Jesus says, remember me, that word remember, if you break it apart, re and member means to put the pieces back together. We're doing something tangible and ordinary, but it's helping us to stop in a present moment and remember who God is and remember who God has called us to be. These tangible, ordinary things that help us to remember how to bring all things together for the glory of God. So why here? We could worship anywhere. Why this place? Speaking of place. Now, I bet we all have some opinions about why this place and why we choose to worship as part of this community and this congregation. But in general, why is it important to worship in the temple or the house of the Lord? Why do we do it there? It's where we find our place. The temple is where Jesus went to understand more and to learn more. And he says to his parents, didn't you know I would be in my father's house? You see, that word sanctuary means refuge. This place is many things. But more importantly than anything, it is a place of refuge where we stop in the present moment where we congregate together and we hear the voices of the saints and the strength of God's people. It's where we come together and bring all things together and remember once again that God is our refuge and our strength. I don't know what your epiphany might be this year. I don't know if your epiphany will be about worship, but what I pray this year is that whatever realization that you come to may be one that God has placed on your heart, that you set aside time to notice it and be in the present moment, that you spend some time with other people sharing it and talking about it, and that you find a way to incorporate it into your actual life. Because worship is certainly about what happens here, but it's also incredibly important about what happens outside of these doors. It's about incorporating our Sunday person, my Sunday Julie, 
with the Julie that's every day, with the Julie that you see in the grocery store or the Julie that's at home watching football. It is about incorporation with who we are to draw us closer to God. My prayer for you today and my prayer for me as we go into 2024 is that worship may not just be an observation for you. It may not just be a presentation for you, but like the wise men and like Jesus, that the house of God might be a place where you find God's grace and God's love that brings you more fully to the wisdom that God has for you. That God gives you an epiphany like no other. Amen.